You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. As one of the preachers that came through here said when he was here, who wants to be next? Amen? Why not? Listen, when you can be happy for somebody else's blessing, that's when yours is coming. So all these people fasted, we know, but the most important fast, of course, was whose fast? Jesus. And we talked about public fasts and private fasts. This is a public fast because we're all doing it, and it was declared by the leadership, so it's a public fast, and there are private fasts that people do. They're just called the fast. But Jesus' fast was both public and private. Because he fasted privately, but we all know about it, don't we? How many days did he fast? Forty days. Forty days. You know, there are people that have fasted just liquids for 40 days. People have done that. I know people that have done that. I haven't done it yet. I'll fast liquids the last three days of this fast and have just liquids the last three days of this fast. I remember when we were younger, we did seven-day fast of just liquid and You've heard my story about how the ceiling was broken over my head at the exchanges when I did a three-day fast. So I know the power of fasting. If you want to know more about that, just listen to my sermon from the last few weeks. But this was a public fast and a private fast. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. It's, <laughs> so the Holy Spirit's going to lead you to a place where you don't eat to then be tested. Well, thanks a lot, Holy Spirit. Uh, why the fasting first and then the temptation? Because by fasting, we are in training. Everybody say, we are in training. Are in training. Listen, you're training your flesh to listen to your spirit instead of your spirit listening to your flesh. Amen? During the service, most likely your flesh will start saying words like tuna fish sandwich, cheeseburger, and french fries to you. Your mission is to tell your flesh to shut up because there's something more important that you need. We're training our flesh the same thing as when we pray. How many of you know sometimes you need to train yourself to pray? Every morning with my wife, I'm training myself to pray. Let's pray, she says. And since I don't want her to be in charge, I say, wait a second. I go upstairs, I do nothing. I come back down the stairs and I say, let us pray in a deep voice. Now we're set to pray because I'm in charge. But I need to get over that, amen? Because it's just about us praying. See, praying is like fasting. It's your, like your flesh. You know, maybe you don't want to pray with somebody. You don't want to pray for somebody. Maybe when you come up to the prayer line, you like a certain person praying for you, so you always go to that certain spot. Don't tell me. I know people do that. <laughs> Amen? But praying is fasting. Worship is fasting. Amen? Raising your hands up. Doing, you know, like really getting into worship is a fast for some people. Because some of you don't move. 
Some of you are, you know, you're just, or you, this is your first day and you saw all this stuff and you're like, what's going on? Eventually you'll be doing it, so don't worry about it. <laughs> we all grow into it. We train ourselves. You know, you didn't just come to church and start raising your hands right away. Well, actually, I did. But you didn't start coming to church right away and raising up your hands. You know, uh, many people, you start down here with the alligator hands like this. <laughs> then it's the stop sign hands. <laughs> I'm just making this stuff up. And finally, it's total surrender. Not caring what anybody thinks. Because fasting, fasting people, what people think. Fasting what you think about yourself. For some of you, it's a fast just to come up here and get prayed over. Like you're in your seat, you hear God literally give you a rhema word that's for you that day. How many of you have ever been there where you stayed in your seat, but you knew you needed to get up there and get prayed for? Raise your hand. All right, today I expect to see you up here. I've done it. You know what? I learned to fast that. You know why? Because it doesn't benefit me at all. You know, we're doing a 21-day fast. You know that they say it takes 21 days to break a habit or start a new habit? And I said, where is that coming from? I know it's not the word, even though Daniel did fast for 21 days and he got an answer for his prayer, remember? This is the Daniel fast that we're doing. And we know that 21 days, there's something to it. It's just perfect. You know, next Sunday, you're going to see, a, like every week I feel as, as we're worshiping, I can just feel the lid just coming off our worship. Amen? Could you feel that today? Amen. And then next week, it'll fly totally off. I just hope the roof stays intact. Amen. But um, as you fast, and, and 21 days, there's something about it. There is. And I had to find out where that came from, and it was from a plastic surgeon in the 50s. I didn't know they had plastic surgeons in the 50s. But after they would give somebody a nose job, they noticed that the person would stop recognizing that they had a nose job. It took them 21 days to look in the mirror and see themselves again just to really not see it. And also, when they amputated someone, say their leg, or they had to take a limb from them, for 21 days, they would always think that it was still there. And then finally, after 21 days, they said it was broken. So I'm praying that through this 20... Here's why I'm telling you all this, because I don't want this just to be a fast for 21 days for me and my life. I really want 2017 for God to raise the roof. And he is already, you know, since we've been doing our fast, our attendance is up like 25%. Just as we were doing the fast. Now, they, that may not get you excited, but it gets me excited. Because it was two years ago that I fasted that we would break the 150 mark. And look what God does. And for the women that are fasting for a husband, look at that. Bam! And hopefully there's some men here fasting for a wife. Are there any men, single men here, that would like to get married? Don't be shy. Raise your hand. They're afraid. You're scared. Yous are scared. <laughs> They're afraid if they raise their hand, there's going to be five women waiting at the back door to say, how you doing? <laughs> you might not be far off. <laughs> So why fast before temptation? Why fast before the test? So you can pass the test. How many of you are being tested in your life right now? How many of you know that your flesh and your feelings are not the answer? How many of you know that God can do the impossible in your life? 
So fasting releases the impossible to become possible in your life because you're telling your flesh no, but you're strengthening your spirit, man. Amen? I'm praying more than I normally pray. I'm worshiping more than I normally worship. I'm in the word more than I'm normally in the word. Why? Because I'm fasting and I'm not paying attention to what my body always wants. My spirit wants to be fed. My spirit is crying to be fed. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. But there's something inside of you that's hungry, and you need to feed that, and I need to feed it. Amen. That's why we fast. And if you're starting a ministry, I don't know, Jesus fasted before his ministry. Paul fasted before his ministry. Just maybe you might want to fast before you start your ministry. I don't know. That's good company to be in. Somebody say amen to that. That's good company to be in. But here's the thing. The devil came to test Jesus. The word tempted there means testing, to test him. In the Strong's, it literally means to make trial of, to test, for the purpose of ascertaining his quantity or what he thinks or how he will behave himself. And I got news for you. Jesus passed the tests. Now, we'll never pass the test. We'll never get 100. But because he died on the cross, we get 100 anyway. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? We win. Let's play. But back in Genesis, the reason we need Jesus is because Adam and Eve didn't pass the tests. In Genesis chapter 3, Verse 1, it says, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman said, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Something that she threw in, he didn't say that as far as we know, lest you die. People, it is mind-boggling to me that the reason we're in this predicament is because somebody ate something. <laughs> it is mind-boggling to me that we are in this sin predicament because somebody ate something. What they ate killed them. We went to Alaska last year. We were in the woods, and we were looking at all this different stuff, and there was little berries, and we were, like, going ready to eat them, and... and and the guy was leading the, the, the uh, whatever you call it, you know, hike. <laughs> That's what you call it, a hike. He said, no, 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 they're poison. I saw my wife take some of them and put them in her pocketbook. I don't know. But to this day, I won't drink any red juice in my house. I'm like, <laughs> no, we were just kidding with each other. We were like, here, have a berry, you know. It's like Adam and Eve, like, here, kill yourself and all of mankind. It's amazing to think. That because they couldn't fast that one thing, that the world fell because of something they ate. Let's go to verses 4, 5, and 6. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Now, God said they would die, right? And then the devil said they wouldn't. Who's telling the truth? Because the devil is a... Oh, you can't say it like that in church. You got to go... The devil is a liar. All right, we're going to try that. One, two, three. The devil is a liar. You cannot come to church and go, the devil is a liar. No. 
You got to say it like T.D. Jakes or you're not saying it. <laughs> the devil is a liar. And they didn't pass the test because they listened to him. But God knows that when you eat it, you'll be like God. So he appealed to them for them to be in control. Listen, there's one thing we can be in control of. That's fasting. We have a spirit that can say, no, don't touch that. Amen? But I'm not talking about the fasting police. We all have one in our family. I'm not looking at anybody specifically. This morning before the worship, the first service, Pastor John came into the office. You know, we're all, you know, we're all on this fast. And he had a bag and said McDonald's on it. I was like, I'm calling the police. You know what he did? He opened it up and there was oatmeal. I was like, shoot. I was hoping it was an Egg McMuffin. I wanted to see them take you away in handcuffs, Pastor John. But here's the point. It's not about that. It's not about that, everybody. When you're fasting, you're praying, you're worshiping, you're feeding your spirit man because you're shutting down that body that talks so much, doesn't it? Even right now, somebody's body is telling them something. Say, shut up. I need to hear this word. It's the truth. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Now, I'm thinking about this. What made her think it was good for food? God told you not to eat it. I'm wondering, did the devil eat of it first? Just wondering. I, listen, don't get theological on me. I'm not saying anything. I'm just, because he could eat it all day, because guess what? He was it. He was evil. He already had fallen. So it's very possible he took a bite and she was like, oh, he's eating it. I don't know. Maybe the animals were. I don't know. But she thought it was good for food and then pleasant to the eyes. Now, ladies, don't get mad at me. You had a big march yesterday, okay? So be everybody be okay, all right? <laughs> all right? So everybody calm down, all right? Before I get into this, I was always like, God, why did the woman see it? And the Lord said to me, did you ever go shopping with your wife? She sees every little thing and touches every little thing in that store. I see the hand. It touches. It touches. And I'm always pulling her by the arm. I'm like, let's go. Trying to get her out. But everything she goes by, oh, and she turns it sideways, looks at it upside down. Ladies, can I get an amen? Not me. No, I know what I want, I go, I hunt, I get. But what I get is nice, all right? But I know what I want when I go in that store, amen? I don't want to look at everything. I know what I need, I get it. So I'm constantly pulling, like, and I also notice in the bathroom, my mirror is a big mirror. Shows me everything I need to see. She's got a mirror that if you look at it, you see every little thing in there. I looked at it once, I was like, ah, the heck is that? I don't want to look at that thing anymore. There's hair on my face and it's not in line. <laughs> Women just see things, They're, they are, amen, it's true. And a tree desirable to make one wise. 
So they thought by eating it, they would have more wisdom. More wisdom than who? But God is all wisdom. They had all the wisdom they wanted. But look, it says it twice. That's why I outlined it. They ate and they ate. The world fell from a broken fast. The world fell. Now, it doesn't mean that if you break your fast that the world's coming to an end. But it's so interesting, isn't it? That it was food. Why? Because food is what this flesh needs to survive. But Jesus said, man does not live by the body alone, but by every rhema word that comes from his word into our spirits. Amen! Hallelujah! See, the reason we needed Jesus to fast so he could reverse the curse for those that failed the test. Matthew 4, verse 1, he, he fasted for 40 days, and the tempter came to test him, to check out his quantity and his quality, to see how he would behave himself in the midst of the trial. See, the devil will come to test you. And when you fast, the tempter's coming. And when you don't fast, the tempter's coming. But Jesus is saying this. When you fast, you're more equipped to face the tempter. You're more equipped. You're trained. You're ready. Listen, yesterday we had this funeral, and, and, and I just couldn't stop crying, Pastor Courtney. Pastor Courtney handed me a tissue. I didn't want anybody to see it. He handed me a box of tissues. I felt like a, a little woman in there, you know. He's handing me a box of tissue. I'm crying because my spirit is so sensitive about things because my body is quiet for a little while, and I'm not feeding my flesh. See, when you fast, you shut your flesh down and you empower your spirit. Amen? How do you think Jesus was able not to eat after 40 days? He was so strong in the spirit. Right after that, he started his ministry. You want to be strong to face a test? Fast for a day. Fast for a meal. Give it to God. And say, I'm going to strengthen myself through prayer right now. I'm going to strengthen myself through worship right now. I'm going to strengthen myself through the word right now. Hallelujah. In between services, don't get a, a bagel outside. Go to the Sunday school and get your spirit filled with more of the word of God. Amen. When 1030 starts, get in here and worship the Lord with all your heart and all your soul. And get yourself ready to go. For me, every Sunday, worship is so important for me because I don't want to get up here and preach without worship in my heart. Because when, we're, when, when I worship, when I fast that time and give it to God, he fills me with everything I need. This morning, I was like, I was like a little, you know, I wasn't feeling good about my message. You know, sometimes that just happens. You know, the devil throws you a lie because it's not my message, it's his message. But then God filled me up when two young women walked from the center of the church, came up to the front. It was their first Sunday here, and they gave their heart to the Lord today. I'll take that. I'll sound like an idiot. I'll come up here and speak pig Latin if I got to. If two people or one person will come to Jesus, I'll do it. If you're the son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but every 
word every rhema word that word is rhema it's not logos about a message it's every rhema that proceeds from god when you're fasting you can hear god he gives you rhema word after rhema word and after a while you're just like wow i don't know if i can handle all this and then you have dreams and you have visions you know why because your body's tired but eventually it's not anymore and your body's not getting what it's want, what it wants, so its voice becomes dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. And then you can hear the rhema word of God speak to your heart like never before. Hallelujah. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you're in a test, you can fast and pass. Look at Job chapter 23, verse 12. It says, I have not departed from his commands. You think Job was going through some stuff? I treasure his words more than a daily meal. When we can treasure his word more than a steak, I'm talking to myself, or a bowl of ice cream, I'm talking to you, or cake and cookies, whatever it is, when we can treasure his word more than that, what a great place we're in to hear his word, to embark on ministry. I, I, I just find it amazing that fasting before ministry, Moses, Jesus, Paul. So you can go into it knowing where you're going and why you're going and why you're doing it. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 19. Paul was talking about people who have made their God their cell phone. No. Uh, I heard a cell phone. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. That's right, you can repent. I'll pray over you. Listen, just messing with you. Talking about people whose God is their what? There's a belly God. People worship a belly God. It's true. It's not Buddha. <laughs> but I like that. That had to be Brian, am I right? That had to be Brian. I love you, Brian. The first time you came here, you disrupted the service in a different way. Now you disrupt it with wisdom. I love you for that. But no, it's not Buddha. It could be. But it's the belly God. Amen? <laughs> Guys, and you know, I'm trying to be, you know, equal with the guy-girl thing. But you know, when I was going to work, my wife was home, as you know. And uh, I remember it would be 4 o'clock, coming home, whether I was doing construction, whether I was working on Wall Street. At 4 o'clock, all of a sudden, you know, after my 3 o'clock nap in my office. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That, like, coma you go into about 2 or 3 o'clock, and you're like, make sure you wake me up if the boss comes in. And you're like, I remember always going like this. Am I awake, Frank? Am I awake? Frank worked next to me. <laughs> he would just give me a shove. But, um, you know, then at 4 o'clock, things start sizzling in my mind. Like it's either a chicken breast sizzling or a hamburger sizzling. Because you're thinking, I can't wait to get home and have a home-cooked meal for my wife. Men, can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> you know, it's like, now you know what it is, ShopRite has the answer. In other words, she's looking at me, ShopRite has the answer. So you know, now men, we got to cook, but... It was like I, I would be looking so forward to this meal that 
what was it going to do for me? Just feed my flesh? And how long does that last for? An hour? Or, you know, then, then you're in a coma, then you eat cheese doodles, and you fall asleep on the couch, and, <laughs> and your whole night is gone, you know? And, and it was worthless. Let's not worship the belly God. Amen? Amen? Believe me, God is dealing with me through this holiday season. Like, I was just eating way too much. And my wife always says, you're just eating your feelings. <laughs> I felt like I was at a Jenny Craig convention. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. I was. Like, I wasn't feeling. So I'm eating and eating, feeding, trying to make myself feel better. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's the belly God. It's worshiping the wrong God. It's idolatry. Repent right now. It's the truth, though. You know, they had this weight loss thing back when we first got saved. It was called Way Down Workshop. And we did it at our church. And people literally lost half of themselves. I lost 20 pounds. I mean, people, and the focus of it was this, to just focus on God and not on food, to not worship the belly God. Amen? So let's stop that. So this is why we fast. Luke chapter 4, verse 5, the same passage. The devil, taking up on a high mountain, showed Jesus all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I give to you. And, you know, he could give that authority to Jesus because we gave it to him. For this has been delivered to me, and I'll give it to whomever I want. Therefore, Jesus, if you'll worship me, all will be yours. Jesus said to him, get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me. No, don't get weird. I do that to remind myself. Get thee behind me. Amen. Get those gutter thoughts out of your mind. Get thee behind me, Satan. Because if you're not in front of me, you can kiss my get behind me, Satan. Hey, I'm talking about that little critter that one day we're going to see and be like, that's the one? That's the one? He has no power over us. Get behind me! I love this. I just saw this. <laughs> Jesus said, get behind me because you will worship the Lord God. And him only. Because one day, every tongue will confess and every knee will bow that Jesus Christ is Lord. Even him. So get behind me. Get right there behind me. Good. Because laughing and crying is a fine line. <laughs> They're like, ooh, he's slapping his behind. <laughs> Adam and Eve listened to him. They should have said, get behind me. Not listening to you. Jesus said, get behind me because you're going to worship him too. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, the curse God gave to Satan was that he'd be on his ground and he had to eat dirt. You made us eat the wrong thing, now you can eat dirt. That's a whole other teaching we can get into, but we're not going to today. Philippians 3.19 says, that those people, the belly God, the people that are feeding their flesh, the people that cannot fast and pray and give things up for him, their glory is their shame. Adam and Eve chose their pride over fasting. 
Some of you choose your, choose your pride, pride over offense. Oh, somebody give me an amen. Yeah, we need a double, triple amen. And let me say that again. Some of you choose your pride when it comes to offense. When you need to fast that. You hold on to unforgiveness. You need to fast that. You know, people are getting buried in the ground. And then people aren't talking to each other for the stupidest things. It makes me sick to my stomach. Sick. <laughs> makes me want to slap my behind. It's just, it's just. <laughs> Some people are like, I'm not going back to that church again. Or I was in church today and the pastor was slapping his own behind. Listen to me. Don't let your pride win. Because it'll be your shame. It'll be your shame. Some of you come into church and you're offended about everything. You're offended about the music. You're offended about the pastor. You're offended about the chairs. You're offended about the lights. Why would you go? You're here for God. You're here for God. For a rhema word. And if you can't get one here, go somewhere else. But get it. Because your glory will be your shame. It'll end up hurting you in the end if you walk around with offense, with a cloud over your head, being mad at people for stupid things. It's a waste of time. Ask Pastor Jerry. He's in heaven right now, and he knows the one thing he wanted and it wants is for his family, for the church, for everybody to just get along because his life is so short. Could we just fast the nonsense? Could we fast the politics? Could we fast all of that junk? I see these political arguments and I'm, I'm fasting it. We all bleed the same blood. What matters is who's going to heaven, not who's going to Washington, all right? Washington stinks. Somebody give me a thank you. I'm done. I am done. If you're going to post on social media, post Jesus or don't post anything. Shut down your belly, God, and shut down your glory, and praise the Lord. He's the one that matters. I don't put my trust in presidents or congressmen. They'll let you down. He will never let you down. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He'll fill you like nobody else. Hallelujah. I ain't getting into that. I'm not getting into it. Hallelujah. I'm not playing that game. I'm not playing that game. Not playing that game. Not playing that game. From now on, I'm only going to make money off that game. But I ain't playing that game. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so tired of it. I'm just sick of it. I'm done. I'm done. If God puts somebody in, he puts somebody in. He's going to put somebody else in too. What's the difference? My gosh, I'm just... God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I 
tell somebody about Jesus because when they die, no politician could help them. I see it. Like, I want to get caught up, and I'm like, no, wait a minute. You fast that, the Lord said. Fast that. That is a way. Those are arguments that you can't win. But you can lead somebody to Jesus, and then God can win over their heart. I can't win somebody's heart when it comes to some issues I really care about. I can't do it. It doesn't work. But when it comes to God, if we're all together with him, North Brunswick just asked me to be on some kind of committee for uh, racial diversity. The chief of police, the mayor, they're my friends. I know them well. I said, why don't you guys just come to church on Sunday? I'll show you how it works. Yeah. Come in here. I'll show you how it works. Grace in your face. I don't know if you notice my skin, but I got all kinds of colors, and I'm happy about it. Because all I see is souls. I see souls, and that's all I care about. I love the fact that we are so diverse. So when they said it to me, I really, I shook my head, and I said, Kenny, he's the chief of police. I go, you just need to come to Grace Church. I'll show you how it works. I'll tell you how it works. We don't need to have a committee, and then we're going to start talking about things that don't matter. Come out here. And the mayor has been here, and I respect him for that. Luke chapter 4, verse 9. Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, Jesus, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands they'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered and said, you shall not test the Lord your God. And here's what the Holy Spirit just told me. That I didn't preach in the first services. Adam and Eve tested God. And God was right. They questioned what God said, and guess what? He was right. If you sow sin, you'll reap problems. Amen? God's right. If you sow generously, you'll reap generously. God is right. By his stripes, you are healed. If you pray in faith, you'll be healed. God's right. But if you're not healed, he's still right. I can't even... <laughs> but if they're not healed, he's still right. That's another teacher for another day. If you sow generously, you'll reap generously. If you share the gospel, you'll change the world. It's just the truth. Look around. You know, I'm in church now. I don't know everybody. Like, I want to meet everybody. I don't know everybody here. It's kind of sad. That's why we need more pastors. <laughs> but I love you. I'm glad you're here. And it's wonderful what we're doing here. Leading people to Jesus every week. Amen. And when you guys go to Israel, tell them I said, Oy vey, hey, we're leading people to Jesus over here. Havanagilah. So is my people over there. <laughs> I'm a little Italian, a little Jewish, you know, so I mix it in there, you know what I'm saying? But it's exciting what you're doing. Change the world. Amen. So he shall give his angels so... He said, Jesus said, I'm not testing God. I'm not throwing myself down here. That's not what God's will is for this situation. And you know, sometimes, and listen, you're, let me raise my hand first. When I was on Wall Street, I took a lot of stupid risks that God never told me to take. That I said, let me see if God helps me. 
Let me take all my money and put it into this one trade. Let's see if God will help me. And guess what? I didn't get any help because God never told me to do it. And you got to be really careful, you know. Don't go marrying some unbeliever and then say, God, help me. Because he told you beforehand not to do it. Amen? Don't be unequally yoked. Amen? We're equally yoked. When we first got together, we were unequal. You were up here, I was down here. Now I'm up here, and you're kind of looking right there. We're equally. And now you bounce right back up. Like for a few years, you were down. Yeah, yeah, let me say that. Let me, and then you bounce back up. And now you're back up. You're going to smack my butt? Do it right now. Do it right now. And watch the church clear out. She said it. I didn't say it. Let's go back to Ephesians 3. First time visitors are like, I like this place. <laughs> whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is their shame, who have set their mind on earthly things. Listen, in Colossians it says to set our mind on heavenly things, that we are seated in heavenly places. As you fast, you start to realize where you are and who you are. Oh, God. You know, last night, we had some worship music on in the house. I played this song forever because I knew we were going to be doing it. And man, I just, for a moment there, I was just like, wow. Gosh, what a great life. I have Jesus Christ. And even if I die, it's going to get better. God, is that, wait a minute. So I got this life, and if I die, it's going to get better. So the worst thing that can happen to me is better than what's happening to me. I, I, so the worst thing that can happen to me is it could get better. What a deal. Jesus, what a great thing. This is why we fast. Luke 4, 13. We've got to train ourselves, everybody. We're in training. Man, we're in training. At the end of this week, I'm going to do a three-day liquid fast because I'm trained up. I'm ready. I'm ready. This year, I was so prepared and ready because I see the things that God is doing, and I want him to do more for me because I'm a little selfish, and I need to fast that right now. All right? I want him to do more for you, and then he'll do more for me, and then more for you, more for me. Amen? But it's okay to want God to do great things for you. God has a great plan for every one of our lives. And, you know, and during this time of fasting, you're saying no to this and yes to this because this is better than this. And also to keep yourself trained. How many of you are fasting something? Just raise your hand. Listen, it's all right. We're not looking around. Okay. Arrest the rest of them. No. <laughs> How many of you that are fasting notice that spiritually you're more in tune with what God is doing, that you're just seeing things and hearing things and things are moving and different things are happening? And the first week of the fast, it was like there was like spirits in the congregation. I don't want to get all Twilight Zone on you, but there was all kinds of things popping up all over the place. It was like a wave of spirits. <laughs> things were happening. And I was like, yes, here we go. It's an adventure. See, people are like, there's things happening. I'm like, yeah. 
Because that means things are going to change for the better. Because we're shutting down the flesh and we're opening ourselves to everything he wants. Because I'm going to tell you something. Even with Jesus, this is a, a scripture that stuck with me my whole Christian life from the first time I saw it. That when the devil finished testing Jesus. I, I, he tested Jesus. Can I, I try that again? He tested Jesus. So of course he's going to test us. So he's got a better chance with us than he does with Jesus. But it says that after he tempted Jesus, he waited for another opportunity to tempt Jesus. And the, the one we know of is when Jesus said, I got to go die on the cross. And Peter said, no. And he said the same thing. Get, I'm not going to smack it again. Get behind me, Satan. Listen, he's coming to test you. Are you ready? Are you trained? Are you ready? Are you trained? Through this 21 days, I want it to extend in my life. I don't want it to be like, now I'm feeding my spirit. And I don't want on day 21 to eat like seven steaks and then be like, oh, God. And back at the belly God worship table. I want to be continued to be trained. doesn't mean I'm going to fast every day. It means I'm going to fast more often. And it means I'm going to do more little fasts, like fasting a TV show, or fasting a football game after I DVR it, or fasting, <laughs> fasting other things. Amen. Finally, in Matthew 4.11, it says that the, after he said, get behind me and get away from me, Satan, the devil left him. You know what? Resist the devil and he will. Everybody knows that. So don't come to me and say, Pastor Joe, the devil's doing this, the devil's doing that. You haven't resisted him and told him to kiss your blank and to get away. Yeah. Tell him to get away. He'll leave. And I love this. So the devil tempts him with the angels. He says, if you throw yourself down, it says in the word that the angels will come and protect you. They'll carry you. They'll, they'll minister to you. They'll take care of you. And he said, you don't test the Lord your God. Don't take the word and twist it up and put it into a situation that God hasn't called you to do. But here's what happens. After Jesus resists him, the angels did come. They did. And it says they ministered to him. It doesn't mean they, three angels came with a, with a ukulele, like Isabella Santiago and played the little ukulele. And then, and then Christian had his piano, and then Jonathan was singing, you know. It wasn't that. They didn't come to minister him to like that. He's Jesus. He's a worship leader. He's the minister. They came and fed him. That's how they ministered to him. What did Jesus need? Well, he hasn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. I think he needs something to eat. Amen? See, when you fast, God will fill. When you fast, God will fill. They got angels food. Angel food cake. Let's break our fast with angel food cake next week. The angels will come and feed us. Angels came and ministered to him. You know why? Because angels don't move at the voice of Satan. They move at the voice of the word of God. Says it in there. So you want your angels to move? Say, angels, move. Come and protect me. Come and move people on my behalf. Angels, I command you in the name of Jesus to move on my behalf. Hallelujah. When you fast, you'll see angels that you haven't seen in a long time. You'll feel spiritual. You'll understand spiritual things that are going on. 
going to ask the worship team to come up right now. Listen to me. When you fast, he will ultimately fill. When you fast, he will ultimately fill. In 1 Kings 17, God told Elijah, go to Zarephath. And Elijah was somebody who knew about fasting. Okay, he fasted. And he sent him to a widow at Zarephath and said, she's going to provide for you. You know what ultimately happens when you provide for someone, they end up providing, God ends up providing for them. When someone provides for you, they get provided for. What you sow, you shall reap. So this woman, he said, get me a glass of water, please. She was like, okay, just like my wife when I say, honey, get me a glass of water, please. I don't know if Elijah said, please. I don't think he said, woman, get me a glass of water. But he said, get me a glass of water. So she went to get him a glass of water. He also said, could you bring me some food? She said, all I have is a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour. I have enough to make a little cake, and then me and my son are going to die because we're going to die of starvation. And he said, well, bring me first. She fasted her meal and gave it to Elijah. And then what happened? It says that her jar of oil did not run dry her bin of flour was not used up according to the word of the Lord. See, it's what the word says that matters. If you fast, you'll be filled, and you'll be filled by him. And what he gives never runs out. Amen? Pastor Ken was sharing me with me in between the services about the when Jesus went to the woman at the well and she gave him the water and then he gave her water and she would drink forever salvation. You can have that water that will quench your thirst forever if you would just fast a prayer with us right now. Do you realize that prayer is a form of fasting? That's why they go together. You're saying for this time, I'm not going to talk about the weather. I'm not going to talk about sports. I'm not going to talk about politics. I'm not going to talk about my family. I'm going to talk to the Lord. I'm going to say, Lord, I believe what Jesus did on the cross for me. I know he died. I know he rose again, that I might be forgiven. Fill me with your eternal life. We're going to say that prayer today. Whether it's your first time or your fifth time, it doesn't matter. But if it's the first time you mean it, and you want to acknowledge God, today, this is your day. Listen to this rhema word right now. Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You couldn't pass the test. He did. And since he did, you get a passing grade if you put your faith in what he did on the cross. His blood covers your sin. The same way he was raised from the dead, when you die, you will live. We told people at that funeral yesterday, Pastor Gordon and I, that here's what Jesus said. If you believe in me, though you die, you will live. And if you live and believe in me, you'll never die. And I ended it with this. And this is what Jesus said, not me. Do you believe this? 
Jesus. Let's bow our heads. Let's say this prayer for our brothers and sisters who are here today who may not know Jesus. We are fasting for you. We are praying for you. There were men and women in that prayer room here today praying for you to receive salvation today, for your life to be changed forever. So say this prayer with me. Say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross and shed his blood for my sin. I've made mistakes. Jesus, you passed the test. My faith is in you. In the same way God raised you from the dead, God raised me to a new life. Holy Spirit, make me brand new today. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody close your eyes, bow your heads just for a second. You said that prayer for the first time. You want to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your life will be blessed from this day forward. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand high. Amen. Who else? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. Numerous people have raised their hand in the sanctuary. Would you please stand to your feet? Everybody that raised their hand, stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up.